Friendshipping is proud to be part of the Chicago Podcast Cooperative. We're sponsored by Overcast, an independent podcast app that embraces the open world of podcasting instead of locking it down. No exclusives, no premium content, no paywall. It's just a great podcast app for everybody. Get it for free in the App Store. I'm Jen. And I'm Trin. This This is Friendshipping! And the theme this week is... Stating your boundaries and expectations. Friendship between humans has many benefits. But sometimes there is drama and you want to call it quits. Don't write nasty subtweets or punch them in the tits. View friendship at the problem. Jen. Oh, hello, you. I'm so tired. (laughs) You're tired? What could possibly be making you feel fatigue on a day such as this? Uh, We're all dealing with our environmental damage in different ways. And uh, the way my brain is handling it is waking me up at four o'clock in the morning every morning, doing uh, four to five hours of chores (laughs) and then trying to nap again. And then at around 10 a.m., I try and restart my day. Oh, man. Wow. 4 a.m. chores. You're like a true pioneer. I don't know what the deal is, but I definitely feel like I'm on like the Oregon Trail. Like I feel like I wake up at four in the morning, like because it's it's just about sunrise, and I'm about to like load up the donkeys and give oats to the horses, <laughs> feed and the chickens, it, wash the horses. I don't I don't know what what else do you do? <laughs> you 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 like pack extra axles and like bags of flour and stuff, and I'm just, like super feeling like this way actually, Jen. I'm feeling like a frontiers person. Because I've kind of like fell into this groove of like managing the household. So Connell has an adult job that makes adult dollars and I write <laughs> games and make podcasts, which makes games and podcast dollars. So <laughs> adult dollars. Yeah, I know what you mean. Right. So like I are uh, like this has been a wonderful like freelance experience. And I had planned to like, you know, have a, a lighter amount of work. But it also means that like, you know, I'm the one who is making sure that we sew up some masks and that. We go get two hundred dollars of in quarters from the bank because of the laundry and like et cetera, et cetera. Oh man, Jen. Yes. Today, <laughs> I went to the grocery store and it's only like two blocks away, so it wasn't this big of a deal. But I did get through the entire line and checkout, and then realized that I forgot my wallet. Oh. And then I left, and then I came back, uh, and because I grabbed Connell's wallet because I couldn't find my wallet at home. And then I was like, oh wait a minute, why did I think I know how to use Connell's cards? I don't know his his like, oh like his pen or whatever. or whatever yeah right just because we have a joint account the cards are different yeah. cards so yeah, like, yeah. you can't just do anyway so uh, I ended up finding my wallet at the bottom of my groceries I just put the groceries on top of my wallet oh. so like the whole thing was completely like it didn't even isn't even ma- that's how I'm feeling today. as if like errands <laughs> aren't annoying enough. During, right, you have to right. do them during a pandemic and you for, you did them kind of t- like two or three times you had to do them because of your wallet. Man, I hate that feeling of getting in line without without the shit you need. It's why I, I do so poorly in airports because I'm always anticipating that feeling. But, you know, lucky for us, I won't be near an airport anytime soon. So, you know, <laughs> so, you know, it's a glass half full kind of thing. Yeah, it's like one of those things where so like forgetting your wallet, forgetting your stuff like that's a very like ADHD thing. Mm-hmm. And when a normal person does that, you know, you feel like a Goombas, you know, like you go like, oh, no, and you smack yourself in the head. Um, But when you're like an ADD kid and like you do this a lot and uh, you've tried unsuccessfully for decades to make yourself stop doing it, it's less of a like, oh, dang event and more like a 
this is this one event is indicative of my entire personality objectively. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It feels like a true you failure. Know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. So anyway, so like I, I'm glad we're doing our podcast right now. It's it's already making me feel better to talk to you, Jen. Yeah. Jen, how has your day been? Oh, my day's been pretty okay. Um, I mean, I know there's nothing more exciting on a podcast than talking about the weather. So I'm going to do that. But it has rain. It's rained literally all day. Like it's it's late afternoon right now in Chicago and it's it's rained all day. And I like rain for the most part, but it's really hard to take care of Mavi when it rains literally all day because she won't go to the bathroom if it's raining outside. She like goes to the door to go into like our little shared backyard and then she looks at me like do something about this and it's like I can't stop the weather. I can't do it. <laughs> and if you take her for a walk, it's a pretty miserable experience cuz she takes she like kind of takes her sweet time to go to the to go number 2. So by then you're all just soaked and it's pretty clear she doesn't like what's going on. She doesn't like going to the bathroom when it's storming on her head. And can I blame her? Not really. No, no. not really. Jen, I had uh, an apartment, a really rough <laughs> apartment in college where for a while um, we had a, a gigantic hole, I think about a, like a foot and a half across right above the toilet going into like the apartment above us and you couldn't see anything. It was just a hole into like the space between, you know, yeah. the space between the liminal space. Uh, and and it, we, yeah, no, you're right. Having something drip on your head while you're pissing is not fun. <laughs> I've been there. Man, my college apartments, that could be its own, like its own like mini series of podcasts. I remember uh, in my first college apartment, one time a giant trunk full of glass bongs was delivered to our front door. <laughs> did I tell you about that? No. Before? Well, Trin, my first question is, did you order a trunk of glass bongs? No. So this is what happened. So it was me and my best friend, Andy, and then this other guy that we lived with because we needed to split the rent. And I go outside and I like, what the hell is this trunk? And Andy helps me take it in. And it looks like just like one of those giant Tupperware that your mom keeps in the crawl space with like all of your old like book reports and like swimming trophies in it. And we were just like, this is so strange. And it just had like our, our apartment and like our apartment number on it. And um, so we bring it inside. I don't know what caused us to fully open it, but we did. And we started pulling out like it was it was, I would say, at least a dozen and a half glass bongs. So we just had it. We just had it. We had the 16 bongs in our apartment for like, I would say close to three weeks because we were just scared, didn't know what to do. Should we call the police? You know, we're 21. We don't know what we're doing. And so the guy that we lived with just one day without saying anything to us, took the thing of bongs, went upstairs and said, hey, did you order some bongs? And the guy was like, yeah, we did. And then the whole thing was solved. Wow. That's a very reasonable conclusion. Good job, third roommate. That's the only good thing that roommate did ever. Oh, absolutely. But it was just kind of like, um, you know, at the time we were upset. So we were like, couldn't you have like, you know, uh, consulted us before, <laughs> before, before getting rid of all my bongs? <laughs> right. Like, like, I don't know if it's cool to bring in a random ass like third party into this. Like, I don't know. Bongs are not and have never been illegal, just like as uh, like a, like kitchen equipment, you know. Right. But, you know, it, it was it was just a little bit shady. I have a little snippet of just like to paint a picture of what my senior year was like in college in this in this crappy apartment. So this apartment wasn't like visually it was like fine. Like it wasn't it wasn't like super crappy. It wasn't like falling apart. But after you live there like a month or especially through the winter, you found out like, wow, these ceilings are way too high. These walls are way too thin. The apartment was freezing all the time. Well, I mean, your first college apartment is really just a place to store you for a little this while. This is my second apartment, but yeah, you're oven. right. You're right. This is my second yeah. apartment. So this is technically the upgrade. Um, 
but I remember, so I had two roommates, Allie and Riley, and I remember Allie's parents visiting for the first time. And when Allie's mom saw the apartment, she cried. She was like, <gasps> she was like, oh, Allie, you live here? Like, that's... <laughs> horrified she wow. was i know it, at the time i was like it's not that bad and then i look back and i'm like it wasn't that bad i have an entirely different thing to talk about jen Late on if me. that's okay yes so here's here's the thing listeners and jen we have two really good questions that we want to get into today and i feel bad taking any time away from either of them because i'm so excited about both of them but one thing that i wanted to talk about on the show was Jen, I don't know if you've noticed this, but I feel like, and maybe it's just my little corner of like gay private Twitter, everybody's coming out of this pandemic with a new name and new pronouns. Oh. And I'm loving it, obviously, like for a million reasons, you know, and I've been thinking about how the lack of having to be professional every day. And of course, this is like really just speaking for people who had like, you know, professional like day jobs before the pandemic. But I, I've been thinking a lot about how being professional is a very intense pressure to perform gender all of the time, you know? So like now that we don't go out and we're so much more rarely presented with the need to perform gender, what are we taking from that? Yeah, that's really interesting. Like now that you don't have to commute, like take a bus or a train, which, you know, public transportation is amazing, but it's certainly not the safest, especially for people that are gender nonconforming. So I, I wonder how no commute or, yeah, no, like I, I'm picturing like a, like a cubicle job. Um, but even like if you work as like, I don't know, an attorney who has to go to court or like a s scientist, like someone in a lab, like you do have to perform gender in a, in a certain way. Yeah. So it's like if you take away all those constraints, like how do you feel your best? Just but also in the safe, like in this, how do you feel your best while staying comfortable at home? I think that's a really interesting intersection. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's so it's just so much like I, um, you know, I mentioned, I think, on the show, but like I, you know, I, I am kind of grappling with the parts of gender that I do for me and the parts of gender that like I do for society. And I didn't realize how much of my social anxiety and professional anxiety was wrapped around um, like properly performing gender all the time. Like, I want to know, like, are there, you know, dudes who are like, wow, I kept my eyebrows perfectly done throughout quarantine. It made me feel really pretty. And that was really important to me. And it helped kind of thing. Or like, you know, for me, like I, I not feeling like I have to wear makeup is really good because now I realize how much I hated putting it on and how much happier I feel without it, you know? I'm just curious to see how that changes things. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or like you didn't have to keep extra shoes at your desk to change into. Like I know so many, right. so many people that like uh, all genders, really, there's definitely women who like wear their comfortable shoes to commute to work and then they change when they get to the office. Well, now there's no office and there's no need to wear shoes at all. Yeah. Like I want to know, like, are you wearing high heels because you uh, finally can, you know, yeah. now that you're alone? Or are you not wearing high heels because uh, you are not alone? Thinking about the societal and professional gender pressures that we've had that are now relieved. No, I think it's really interesting. So, so, but you mentioned you've been noticing just that like in your, in your corner and your private corner of the internet that people are coming, coming to know themselves a little bit more. That is, that's incredible. Yeah, no, it's really good. It's really good. So it's, it's funny you, you bring this up, Trin, because it's something I've been thinking about a lot this week because, and I swear this is going to come together. I've been watching the Michael Jordan documentary and and it's going to come together. And um, a couple, oh, I believe a you. couple weeks ago, we, uh, my husband and I also watched a documentary about Dennis Rodman. 
And now that is a fascinating person. Okay. Like, oh, oh yeah. man, like I, uh, if you grew up near Chicago or in the nineties, um, or, or anything, the Bulls were popular all over the world, but, um, especially if you grew up, um, with a close connection to the Bulls, everyone's parents had an opinion about Dennis Rodman because yes, he had, he did his hair and he did his nails and he went to clubs that had gay people in them. And it was very much in my family to be like, oh, that Dennis Rodman, at least he's a good, at least he's good at rebounding the ball. And like, there was, there was never like a derogatory comment. It was like a subtle derogatory comment made about him. And then, you know, you watch these documentaries and you see him more as this full, amazing, interesting, complicated, sad person. And uh, I can't help but like all week in my head, I've been defending Dennis Rodman to all those people that I didn't (laughs) get a chance to like, you know, it's very, very impressionable. Like when I was like, you know, a kid and I hear people being like rolling their eyes about Dennis Rodman because he paints his nails or because he likes to have color in his hair. That makes a very strong impression on a young kid. And all I can think about now is like, if anyone wants to fight about Dennis Rodman, I am so ready to defend him. Okay. I'm ready. Jen. Oh, my God. I feel that so hard. So I think a lot about how, um, you know, people are like trans trenders, you know, like, oh, it's just it's it's hip now to be they them or whatever. And that's what you are. And and then we think about like, OK, but you all knew about Dennis Rodman. Yeah. You all knew about Prince, about David Bowie. You know, like you knew all of these things like that. This absolutely is not new. And, and here's the thing that kills me on top of that is that society has always known about us. Human society has always known we existed and knew it so much that we burnt the books that queer people wrote about ourselves. Oh, you know? yeah. Uh, Erasure, human society yeah. went out and deleted all the evidence that we ever lived and then went back to queer people and asked us where we've been. Why are you here all of a sudden? You're a trend, you know? Oh, and yeah. That's, that's just so crazy baffling to me. And when I think about Dennis Rodman and like I haven't watched the documentary and I know very little about him other than um, he was, I think, a defenseman. Uh, that's all I know because, you know, uh, I grew up in Chicago, too. Um, but man, can you believe that that he existed? Yeah. I mean, it still exists. Yeah. Like I think about I think about how against the odds you have to be to come out of societal training as yourself, you know, like I am constantly in awe of the people who ran this fucking gauntlet of media and messaging and and honestly direct parenting and education. You know, like when 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 our mom says like all the Dennis Rodman, you know what that means. Like you absolutely do. Man, and that's all part of it. I honestly think like the like some trajectories of my life would have been very different had a single grown up said like, yeah, Dennis Rodman. Um, yeah, he dresses like that. He dresses how he wants. That's fine. We don't mind. You know, like like it would have changed so much of how I how I viewed the world as a young person. You know, it kills me that people like tie the fact with his cross dressing with like how he sometimes punched people on the court, how they like conflate those two things. Like, well, anyone who dresses weird, quote unquote weird, also has these like a tendency to argue with the ref like it was just like he's just a but really what the truth is he's a complicated person like all of us this is a dennis Rodman podcast <laughs> oh man i have no good way to transition to this question <laughs> no other than my but my one transition is that this question is i think as volatile as perhaps the life of dennis Rodman to this <laughs> Oh, man, this first question. Oh, man. <sighs> okay, so I'm glad we're doing it first because I think I think you're right, Trin, that we need to put a time limit on it because otherwise it's never going to 
we're going to rant about this until midnight and we're going to I'm going to get too mean. That's what's going to happen. I'm going to turn into the bad cop. And and I know like so and we do this all the time. We switch bad cop and good cop. And I'm in a good cop here and be like, this could be a, a mistaken communication. There could be pieces of this that we're missing or we're misinterpreting. However, Jen and I both read this question and we cannot process this as anything other than the asker being extremely, extremely wrong. Uh, Jen, how do you want to proceed from here? Um, do you want to read it? Uh, yeah, why not? <laughs> Godspeed. I recently got married and because we wanted our day to be extremely special, we chose our bridal party to consist of two extra people who have shaped our life together. My husband had both his brothers. And I had my sister and my oldest friend from high school. I was in her wedding, and I was asked to pay for my dress, makeup, and hair. For her wedding, she told me that she did not expect a gift. But I, despite that, generously gave her a gift that would go towards a nice dinner for her and her husband. For my wedding, my husband and I chose to pay for everything for our bridal party. My friend asked me three times if she needed to give me money for my wedding, and I said no. Two weeks after my wedding, I received her card in the mail with 50 bucks. It made me feel so shattered, so upset, and extremely devalued by her and her husband. I felt that I had made all of my wedding choices based on my love for my friends and my love for her. And I feel so unthought of when I think about the card that she gave me. She keeps telling me that my wedding was the best wedding that she's ever been to. I now view her as really lazy, not thoughtful, And I am questioning the level of friendship we share. Should I confront her or should I let it go and be broken by her lack of care towards me? I thought she loved me and thought of me even more than a friend. I'm completely deflated and disappointed. She, her. Okay, I admit that I read this question a couple times, more than once, and reading it made me worry about my own mental faculties. I was, I thought maybe I needed to check the stove for a gas leak in my apartment because I don't, I fundamentally miss, I'm having a hard time with it. (laughs) Yeah, I don't, so, I mean, I don't even fully understand, I think, what the grievance was. And when, and Jen and I kind of like went back and forth as to what the grievance here is, because at the end of the day, the question is, I was in my friend's wedding and paid for everything in that wedding and gave her a wonderful present. And then she was in my wedding and gave me $50. And I am heartbroken by that. It's okay to be a little bit bummed that your friend gave you a disappointing present a little bit later than you expected it. And the reasonable reaction would be, oh, dang, I wanted something different and preferably on time. The not reasonable part of this, the part where you're taking a lot of issue is Taking this dang and turning it into, here's incontrovertible evidence that this person that I've known since I was in high school, that I've known very well, well enough to be one of the only two people in my wedding, I now know that they are bad, lazy, and they don't care about me. I can understand that society has told you that giving $100 to $200 to a person means that you love them and giving less than that means that you don't. But what else could this $50 mean <laughs> other than... I don't love you, I'm lazy, and I'm a disappointing friend. You know, I just feel like, why don't we give this person, this friend, the friend who gave the $50, a little bit of a benefit of the doubt? Yeah, benefit so, of the doubt, exactly, yeah. Like, why Why could this $50... So, so I, I guess we have to also start from the viewpoint of, okay, we have... Jen and I, Jen, we have to accept that this asker is hurt 
by receiving $50 in the mail. You're right. And that this is not yeah. enough. Yeah, just because so, I don't understand it, we have to accept the truth that that is what this question is starting from. Yeah, you're right. Right. So let's figure out some explanations as to why the $50 may have happened. So the first explanation could be the very reasonable, this friend did not have money on at the time. And being at this point in history, I think if the wedding was very recent, it would make sense that you know, being in a wedding and going through a pandemic could be a stress on the friend's finances. And that could be why she, quote, only gave the $50. The other option is that this happened months and months ago. And then this asker is just really still pissed about $50. I don't know, Jen. We showed this question to a couple of people, you know, some of our peer advisors, some of our trusted bros. And um, we got some explanations. People were similarly confused, uh, starting from the same point of confusion as all of us. But I also got some good insight the, the asker clearly had expectations that were not met. Um, and those expectations are, in my view, unreasonable. But we think these are the options that the asker wanted. Like, these are the, these are the things the asker wanted. One. So ideally, that the, the friend would have done this instead. Yes, exactly. That okay. one, the friend would have given a thoughtful gift. Two. So like, we, we, we would have, what would a thoughtful gift look like, though? Like well, a scrapbook I mean, of were, all their adventures? I mean, they were already in the wedding, and I feel like that's giving a lot of time and energy to already but a thoughtful gift like a framed photo a piece of work an artwork i don't know maybe maybe um the friendshiping postcard set tell your friends you love them for (laughs) 24.99 um two maybe they wanted a large money gift a large monetary gift they wanted some some true money not just not this plebeian 50 dollars or three they wanted no gift at all don't even acknowledge it you did so much for me already i don't think that was right but because well, because the, they said because they said in the question they said um sorry when when you said the uh, the fifty dollars no, like, like the friend asked the asker three times if if the friend should give money and the asker said no so I think that the the asker in her head was separating okay no you don't need to give me money for the wedding but you absolutely do need to give me a good present <laughs> where. Whereas the the friend was like, oh, I don't need to give you money. Oh, you don't care. Okay, great. Okay, great. Well, then I'm so happy to have been in your wedding. Here's $50 because, um, you know, that seems reasonable. And you said you don't want money, you know? Man, this is incredible. Yeah, you're exactly right. Like, don't give me money unless it's a ton of money or give me a really (laughs) good gift. Um, but that, but this friend picked door number four, which was a small, quote, small, a not, you know, different amounts of money. I mean, different amounts of people. $50 is not insignificant, but a small amount of money. And you are so mad about it. You're so mad. <laughs> You're just so mad. <laughs> so, Trin, I love your thought of, okay, so $50, does that, that doesn't mean I don't value our friendship. Let's explore the, the million other possibilities of what $50 can mean. Maybe it means... I felt very uncomfortable not giving money. So this was the small, smallest amount I could land on that would make me feel good. Or this is the largest amount I could reasonably give right now. Jen, I really think that, that you hit the nail on the head. If I put myself in the asker's friend's shoes, just based on the information that we've gotten from the asker, the asker gave a lot of mixed signals. Um, you know, the, the asker started this question with, we wanted our day to be extremely special, so we chose our bridal party to be super small. And, and that, to me, indicates that the asker valued so much more that yeah. the asker's friend was in the, was in the wedding party. However, right after that, she's listing off the, 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 uh, long, the list of, uh, of things that she paid for for this friend's wedding, which, so 
So here, here's the thing. This is what gets me. I think that the asker is assuming that there is a written down social moral code for weddings and that this and that her friend just completely ignored those rules that are written down somewhere. And the written down rules say you give two hundred dollars to this person. Uh, if you're a bridesmaid, you give three fifty or something like <laughs> yeah, that. Moses put this in stone and you ignored <laughs> it. How dare like, you? I don't I genuinely don't think anybody wrote these rules down. I know for a fact. Well, here's what I know to be true. What I know to be true is that every single time that I'm a guest for a wedding, I Google appropriate wedding present (laughs) because I don't know for sure, you know. Um, And uh, I think that ask her, give your friend the benefit of the doubt that she was not intentionally trying to hurt you and just did the best she could. I'm really having a hard time with this question because the asker used the word lazy to describe. That's really lazy harsh. Such a That's harsh a harsh word. word. And I've, I've really grown to hate it. Um, and so you use the word. So your friend gave you only $50 or your friend gave you some amount of money. And then the word that came to mind was lazy. That's pretty fraught. Like that's that's not OK. I agree. You know, sometimes we think of a monetary gift as being lazy because you know, we expect a Leslie Nope present. You know, we expect a, a scrapbook full of photos of the first time we shared a waffle together. But the truth is that that level of gift, especially when you are also heavily involved in the event itself as a bridesmaid, is very difficult to put together. And honestly, I, I think that it is unreasonable to expect something like that. And I can't think of any other thing that would make this asker angry. I just, man, I just, this question makes me feel so icky. I feel at the end of the day, this reaction is really bad. Um, and yeah. <laughs> agreed. <laughs> agreed to agree. But at the same time, you know, let, let's try and good cop this a little bit. Like, I think, you know, everybody wants a thoughtful present. You know, everybody wants to feel valued and loved. And it could be that the asker's love language is thoughtful gifts, you know? It could be that the love language of the asker is money, you know, that that yeah. could be true. But I feel like if you have those sorts of expectations, and this is hard now because obviously this is after the fact, but let's say for your next birthday, if for your birthday, what you want more than anything else in the world is um, something really, really, really thoughtful, tell your friends, say like, you know what I want more than anything else is if you would all write me a letter about like how much I mean to you, something like that. Then, then you're not setting yourself up for disappointment. You know, you're not setting yourself up to be upset by receiving $50 in the mail. Yeah. Your friend cannot read your mind. And I think that expecting and obligating your friend to put even more of her energy towards you beyond being your bridesmaid is a lot. That's you're, a lot. Ask, you're asking a lot. I feel pretty comfortable saying that. And I understand this is this is good cop coming back. The weird dance we all have to do when we ask for gifts or when we put up a wedding registry. I felt I felt I wanted to not have a wedding registry like on our wedding website. My fiance at the time was like, well, where are people going to find it? And I was like, I don't know. I don't I don't know. I don't I don't want to put it. I don't want people to feel like they have to buy buy a gift. And like he like he and uh, he had to like gently talk me into like it's okay to have a wedding registry like it's okay to it's okay to ask things it's okay to want it's okay to expect gifts but there is a there is a line here and i feel that you you're crossing it the bottom line like what the thing like the headline that i'm getting from this question is that your friend gave you 50 dollars and you're mad about it and uh you're not mad because you didn't want like i can't 
you're not just mad. Like you sound, you said you're like shattered. You used the word shattered that your friend wasn't more thoughtful. And that is, that is making me feel shattered. She also used the word generously in uh, (laughs) describing her own gift towards, Uh, towards her friend, which is like so intense. Yeah, I know. I I underlined that in my notes. So let's do some closing statements here, because I feel like we're circling around three different answers here. One is, hey, maybe we're reading this completely wrong and your friend is a total dickhole and there's information we don't have. Fine, that could be true. Two, uh, hey, if you have expectations of thoughtful gifts from people, I think it's important that you make those needs known because it does take a lot of energy and time and forethought to do that sort of thing, especially when that friend is on a time crunch, you know, being a bridesmaid, which is, you know, taking on their time. The last thing that we that I think we're circling in on, Jen, both you and I, is this asker really needs to work on divorcing, <laughs> question about marriage, the concepts of emotional value and monetary value. If your friend gave you $50, that's her doing the best she can. It doesn't mean that because she gave Linda $75 for her wedding that she loves Linda $25 more. Um, This was just her, I think, making best of a situation where she did not know exactly what to do. So my closing statement is, ask her, please, please be more thoughtful and sensitive regarding gift giving and money. Because uh, this is this is really coming across badly to me, and it's making me upset. And uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the business. I'm gonna bad cop it real quick. Seventy percent of the country doesn't have a thousand dollars in their savings account. Like if they had an emergency, like if seventy almost almost the entire country can't. If they have an emergency, they're fucked. Most people can't come up with four hundred dollars in emergency. Okay, so like you, it's not fair to assign a monetary value to the relationships in your life. It's really not. It's fraught. It's a terrible road to go down. And it'll, you have to be the one to stop it. Like a lot of this is internal and it, a lot of this is on, the responsibility is on you here to take care of this or not take care of it. I think my closing statement would be that if your friend was in your wedding, was your bridesmaid, was one of your closest two people in your wedding, if they've, if you've loved them, you know, since for your whole life, et cetera, et cetera, and you feel deflated and broken up about this and don't want to be their friend anymore because of this $50, I actually don't think you were that close to begin with. Because when you put this amount of, of weight on this $50, it's, it's all about the benefit of the doubt. It's as though you are ignoring all of the evidence that she loves you. <laughs> she was in your wedding. She like put on a dress that she probably hated. <laughs> you know, uh, the, the $50 in the mail, man, it's just such an afterthought. I, I really, really hope that you can take a deep breath and move on from this because it's really this is really not at all uh, an offense. Yeah. Yeah, it's really not. Man. Second question? Yeah, let's do second question. It's lighter. It's easier, I think. Thank God that we can uh, take a nice deep breath, move on from this wedding question and talk about video games instead. So so this the setting of this next question is Animal Crossing. And Animal Crossing is a little Nintendo game. It's very cute. It's this all ages, very sweet game that uh, people love. And uh, adults, uh, people like, you know, millennials, I think in particular really enjoy it. It's like the seventh uh, one of these Animal Crossing games that just came out. Uh, and within the game, this is important for the context of the question, if you're not familiar with the game, within the game, you do interact with your friends via the internet online. And our answer to this question, which is set in Animal Crossing, is going to be widely applicable to other social tech that we're leaning on more heavily now, like video calls, like Zoom, Google Hangout, uh, playing Jackbox games together, etc. So Animal Crossing in this context, 
don't worry if you don't care about Nintendo. Really, just use it as a sub-in for all of those video calls you're doing now that you didn't before. Perfect. Here's the question. So, I've been playing Animal Crossing with my friends since the pandemic hit, and it's been great. However, as time goes on, I just don't feel as social in Animal Crossing as I used to. My job is tech-heavy, so after a full day of work in front of a screen, I just don't have it in me to be social on a different, smaller screen. Man, preaching to the choir. I just want to run onto my friend's island, sell my turnips if applicable, see what's fashionable at Mabel's, find a new DIY recipe, and drop an item or bells as a thank you for letting me do the weird capitalism that is this game. And then peace the fuck out. Is this reasonable or am I just a complete asshole? This is so reasonable. So, so cute. Oh so sweet. So reasonable. Isn't this so sweet? So like, if you still can't picture what Animal Crossing is, I mean, just like imagine that it's this like, you can open up, you can open up the chat room, basically. You can have your friends like pop into your island and your little, your little characters running around or whatever. So uh, what I think this question drives at the heart at, especially the, um, you know, I spend a lot of time on screens, you know, meetings and like Zoom calls and things like that. It is time now for us to weigh social tech a lot more heavily than we used to. So when we saw people face to face all the time and we had like in-person meetings, the social weight and the energy that we felt given to a video or a voice call was or at least seemed much less. And I'm not saying we don't all still hate the phone. I mean, I do. You know, I never want anyone to randomly FaceTime video me. You know, these are preferences that you're still allowed to hold, even though your window to the world are these things like Zoom, FaceTime, all that stuff. I just uh, it seems like there is guilt in this question. The guilt is this thing is fun. I should be able to put my social energy into this because it's the only social energy that I'm doing. What's wrong with me? Am I just a complete asshole? And it's no, nothing's wrong with you. Uh, It's just that these these social tech objects and, and games and devices, they still do require your energy and your energy pool is depleting more rapidly than usual. I also think we get a lot of questions, Trin, about people that have preferences and want to know if those preferences are okay. And yes. the, the answer is yes. Yes, it is okay to have inclinations, likes, dislikes, even if some of those uh, take you away from friends temporarily. It is okay. You are doing no harm. No harm is being done. Okay. No harm at all. The only harm you're doing is under yourself for not playing this game that the, the social way that it could be played. And that's actually the reason why I haven't I haven't played Animal Crossing yet. Like this, this question was actually a bit of a of a revelation for me because I uh, my good my two pals uh, Alex and Matt lent me their extra Nintendo Switch, so I have a Switch now, and I love it. Yeah, I've been playing I've been playing Mario Odyssey, and it's so fun. Um, but at no if if this game if Mario Odyssey had a chat option or like an option where people could see see what I was doing, it would be a hard no. Like I just that's just not how I I want when I want to play video games, it's it's a gen thing. It's not a gen and a friend thing. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Oh, my God. So, I, you know, as we have mentioned, I play Animal Crossing. I basically am professionally anim- crossing animals at this point. Like, I'm constantly playing this game. It is just like, uh, it's such a beautiful little idyllic dollhouse of a game. And I, and I really enjoy it. But Nintendo is a motherfucker. And this is how. The, the easiest quote unquote, easiest way to chat with other people within this game is a voice chat. It's this like Nintendo chat or whatever. And uh, when you are on the same island as somebody else and you have this app open, you can voice talk with each other. 
it's just it's just a phone call it's just a phone call it's i didn't like phone, phone calls before it's a phone I, call listen i bought this video game because i wanted to hang out with an adorable koala who will call me tootie and will <laughs> give me like random clothes from their closet i did not opt into this because it's like it's, okay here here's the thing the thing about social tech and about like you know nintendo chat and all that when we're thinking about these conceptually, like the idea of just like popping onto a call with somebody, uh, it, it doesn't it doesn't seem to have a cost at all. You know, it, but we because because we forget that these things require you to be on, you know. Yeah, they um, do. They really do. Yeah. Like if you are on like Nintendo chat and like nobody's talking, that's still awkward. It's awkward like a phone call <laughs> yes. and 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 you're multitasking, trying to like dig up your pansies, you know, um, when when we are on Zoom calls for like our weekly D&D, which I'm doing and enjoying, by the way. But like I still think about the fact that like people can see my face right now. I can't go like pace back and forth because or I got to make sure I got I turn off my camera. Oh my gosh, can people see the reflection of my screen and my glasses? Does it look like I'm staring into my own face on my screen? Do I look like a total egomaniac? Oh my god. All of these fears of talking too much or saying the wrong th- thing remain, you know? And this is not to say don't go online ever. Just remember like there is an energy cost to this thing that is supposed to be fun. <laughs> But yes. just like anything else, it's, you know, it, it takes energy. Yeah. I mean, I, there's never not a video call where I'm not staring at my own face and scrutinizing it. And I'm really impressed with people that don't do that because I know for sure that a lot of a lot of people that I, I, I am on video calls with don't do that. They don't stare at their own face. I do always. I do. I don't like I do. it. I don't like doing it, but I also can't stop. Uh, and that's definitely <laughs> I mean, like, if, would I ever take a meeting in front of a mirror? God. No, oh, no. I don't. Why would I want to look at my face? No. I want, so, so for some options, like I actually am like, so Jen and I talk on FaceTime while we record now and I and I am looking at my own face. I am trying. I have tried to turn my face off. Somebody write into friendshiping and tell me how to turn off my damn face. <laughs> God. Um. Ugh. Anyway. Um. Yes. I think that we have hammered home the point successfully, which is that even though there are, you know, uh, there are are just different parameters that you have to deal with here. So um, let's talk about some options, because, Jen, I think what you said earlier is really the whole gist of it, which is, is it okay to have preferences on social media and social tech? And yes, it is. And there and, and I think that it is good to surround yourself with friends who give you the benefit of the doubt enough that you don't feel like you have to explain yourself all of the time. Yep. Um, absolutely. But if, but if explaining yourself helps, there are, here are some some general tips. Jen, how about we start with Animal Crossing specific and then start talking about like video calls. Help. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you might have to do the Animal Crossing one because I said. Oh, I definitely yeah. want to. Yeah, OK. Oh. I mean, if anything, Jen, uh, this is your primer on how to not talk to people on Animal Crossing. Okay. <laughs> so first of all, best friends list. So uh, on Animal Crossing and in also many other apps and, and things like that, you can have an extra level of security and, and just a list of the friends that you know the most. So if you open your island to visitors from the Internet, you can say, you know what, I just want these five people that I know will never want to talk to me to come over. And you can do that. So I strongly recommend using the best friend list. Second, just tell people you hate Nintendo chat. What, what is the fucking point of Nintendo chat? It, you, you, could, you would just as easily call someone on the phone. Just, just, just <laughs> tell them 
how bad of an idea it is, and I'm sure they'll agree. Okay, moving on. <laughs> my my so next uh, Animal Crossing specific help is the Star Wand. Within the game, you have a little avatar of yourself, and your avatar of yourself is adorable, and you can dress <laughs> up that character in any which way you want. And there is a piece of equipment within the game called the Star Wand, and the wand will transform you into an outfit of your choosing uh, whenever you want to do that. You don't have to go back to your house, pick up your clothes, whatever. And what it does is, I'll use myself as an example. So my island is called Blood, as I've mentioned. And I have an outfit that's called Welcome to Blood. And uh, when I when I wave my star wand, I turn into like an all red, scary looking outfit. And uh, my character, when I cast that spell, will say Welcome to Blood because that's the title of the outfit. I love it. So what you can do is essentially make your star wand or your wand into a macro. And a macro by that, I, by that I mean something that does more than one thing at the same time by just pressing a button. So one of my outfits is Welcome to Blood. And another outfit is called I'm Just Watering Flowers. And it turns me into this gardening outfit. And then I say, Aww. I'm just watering flowers so that the person knows like, oh, don't worry about it. Like to take your time. I'm, I'm just watering flowers. I have another one um, that, that switches my little character into a little suit and says it's business time, which is meant to indicate, oh, I'm about to go to your shops. Don't worry about me. So that's just a little thing that I use to quickly communicate what's going on. Oh, gosh, Jen, I, I already thought of another Ooh, what? <laughs> another what? animal. So you can do custom patterns within the game. So um, within the game, there are textures. Um, so like you'll have a chair where you can choose the pattern of the cloth on the chair because you have a house that you decorate um, and you can make your own your own patterns. And I have a friend of mine who has just custom patterns up the wazoo. Like there are signs that say, welcome to my island. And like it's very sweet. You could make a custom a custom pattern that says like uh, DND, like don't do not disturb and cool. make a little put a little sign in front of your Go character away. who's just taking a nap. You know, um, yeah, th I think that there are some good fixes w within the game. Yeah. So based on what you're telling me, Trin, it's pretty obvious that everyone plays this game d a little differently. Yes, totally, totally, totally. Um, and, and it's really just a matter of finding the little things within the game to tweak to your liking. Uh, and, and make you happier. Um, and, and I do this in my video calls, too. Like, so whenever every time I get onto a video call, especially with my D&D &D group, I'll say something like, hey, guys, just a reminder, ADHD brain. Occasionally, I'm going to go pace back and forth. Um, if you see me away from my chair, just so you know, I can still hear like I, I, it's fine. It's just me doing my brain. And that is me stating my preferences and being like, these are my boundaries. My boundary is um, I'm not going to allow you to keep me confined to this chair for four hours. Right. <laughs> you right. Know? Yeah. Like I'll, um, uh, I'll put my camera on Mavi if I'm eating something. I love that, Jen. Yeah. She's way, way cuter than watching me chow down. Um, what else? I usually, if my hair is up, I'll take it down. And uh, that's just a personal preference because I have to stare at my face and I'd rather stare at my hair down. Um, what so else? this is how you make yourself feel more comfortable on the video. Call. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Just right. thinking of like the little things I do that I've never really, um, really thought about. But it just it's like even thinking about it, it's pretty obvious that we all have little quirks and we all have little ways of and, and some people I'm sure there are people listening to this that are like, oh, I'm totally mindless about it. And, and good for you. Um, I, I wish I could be a little more mindless about it. But yeah, but people definitely have preferences and ways they use these this social tech. I'm just remembering when I first started working at Kickstarter how um, I was so unaware of their their online culture. So a good example of this was one time I was in a meeting and I had to pee and I was like, I'm not going to 
interrupt this meeting and be like, I'm pissing everyone. <laughs> so so um, what I did was I just I, I DM'd my manager BRB, which was like fine because who gives a shit? And then I kept my camera on, but I put a post-it note on the back of my chair that said BRB in like big permanent marker letters. And I thought that was perfectly reasonable to do, but everybody thought it was like really funny. It they is like, funny. Oh, <laughs> but it's not. It's like, what? well, I mean, it's, it, to me, it just felt like a reasonable way to solve this. I think it's both thing. funny and reasonable. Look at me. Very diplomatic. Thank you, Jen. I appreciate <laughs> that a lot. But like, um, I think, well, one of the reasons why I'm conveying this story is because I don't think that I, I, I hope that you will become more comfortable saying out loud what conditions make you happiest and more effective. Um, when I, man, I've been talking about the game that I've been writing. I've been talking about this like every week because it's been a lot of fun. But when we do our writing meetings and like our brainstorming meetings, I absolutely need to be doing something with my hands. And, and that makes me function better. Yeah, and I absolutely. Said that. I, you know, I said that out loud to them. I was like, hey, guys, like, I just want you to know you will see me crocheting a blanket. This is my RPG blanket. It's helping my brain focus. It doesn't mean that I'm ignoring you. you yeah, know? absolutely. It just kind of, it's just kind of like how some people listen to music while they write or read and some people can't absolutely can't or some people listen to like music without lyrics. You know, everyone has these like little ways that they that they get work done or enjoy or enjoy things. Oftentimes in the workplace, in business, these are things that you will feel too weird and, and uncomfortable to like state those preferences. And that's why work is terrible. But, but uh, when you're talking about your social life and your friends and people who love you and know you and, and understand you and want you to feel happy when you're playing your game and when you're interacting with them, um, it's just it's the same as always. Like one of the best ways to help somebody love you is to tell them how. Oh, yes. And 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 if it's a um, if it's, hey, Carlin, can you come over while uh, and talk to me while I do laundry? Because that's like the chillest thing I could possibly think of. Then like, yeah. The things that you want to do, the way you want to play your game, the way you want to interact socially, there's there you there's nothing wrong with any of that. And I hope at the very least you move forward feeling good about the amount of social interaction that you have with this game. Jen, what are your thoughts? Oh, I think you're dead on as usual, Trin. I will say what what just came to mind was, you know, how everyone has like a different tolerance for watching YouTube videos or TikToks. I have to be in the right frame of mind. If someone sends me a funny video, I usually don't click it right away. I'll like get to it later. And then everyone has that one friend, or maybe you are this person, that sends the YouTube link that's like 19 minutes long. It's like, you have to oh be... Oh my God. You're, you're kidding, right? Like, I'm not watching this. I'm not skimming this. Like, tell me what's going on here. This better be worth it. And um, you said, you know, tell your friends how to love you. And one way that I tell... Uh, my husband and I have a, have a good friend named John. And one thing that he loves is youtube compilations of newsroom fails are you familiar with eastern <laughs> basically I, ba basically newscasters just messing up in benign and in, in funny ways and our gift to him is that whenever he sends them we will watch them because that's what makes him laugh and makes him feel joy and we're going to participate in that jen that's that is so so beautiful the note I'd like to end this on is, um, I wasn't going to say this, but the, I actually know the Asker and I've been to their Animal Crossing Island. And when I got there, they were sitting motionless on a tree stump and I had brought a bunch of flowers with me and I just planted flowers all around the tree stump while they just sat there. And to tell you the truth, it was it was actually very satisfying. It felt very much like a um, like like, you know, how people used to carve shit in trees 
you know, like initials, like initials. Yeah. It felt like putting a, a, oh, you know, it feels more like putting a note in someone's locker. Oh, yeah. Or like, you know, like your best friends, only your best friends would decorate your locker for your birthday. You know what? Mine was in July. So like I never actually got mine's in June. Yep. Same. But I was always obligated to, to decorate my best friend's locker. This is not to say this is an obligation. This was delightful. But it felt like that, you know. And I wanted to mention that, one, because I thought that was perfect and not awkward and wonderful and exactly what I wanted. And the last thing I want to do is talk to anybody for basically any reason, unless I'm recording it with Jen. <laughs> um, and, and also to say that, like, um, you know, norms will eventually happen. You know, uh, I think that we will, you know, as an Animal Crossing community, as a Zoom community, we will figure out what our standards are. I think we're already figuring out now things like um, on a business meeting, if your cat walks into the frame, you don't need to apologize. Everyone loves that shit. And maybe the next the, the Animal Crossing norm will be, you know, just say hi and bye. Just remind yourself every now and again that this is new. And when you when you figure out how best to make this circumstance work for you, share it. This has been Friendshiping with Jen and Trin. Uh, if you would like to send us a question, you know what? Do it. Do uh, it. Friendshippingpodcast at gmail.com. It can be about the pandemic and COVID. It can be about your wedding. Uh, it can be about basically anything, um, although we have been trying to st- uh, keep the pandemic in some of our thoughts every week because we're all dealing with this. Uh, if you'd like to follow us on Twitter, you can at Do Friendship, at Trin and Tonic, and at Jen Dangerous with two N's. Thank you to Ian Parman for editing. Thank you to Lauren Gallagher for designing. Thank you, Alex Cox, our podfather and audio daddy. Thank you to Monica Verma, our agent. Thank you, Molly Lewis, for singing our theme song. And thank you for listening. You're welcome for talking. Do friendship at the problem. And I did not know I did not know what to do about this. So this is what happened. <laughs> Sorry, I kicked a bucket because <laughs> I'm in a closet. I'm gonna I'm gonna re-say that.